9.45. If I park at the post office down the street, I should get to my station before Ming flips the open sign at 10. The meter maids have threatened to tow my rolling trash heap on several occasions, but they know as well as I do that if they tried to attach anything to the frame, the whole car would break in half. But I have to take the risk because I can't afford to get fired, or more likely lose the one or two clients that might actually walk in today. I've been working for Ming at Fabulous Hair since dropping out of college after my sophomore year. She was the only person willing to train me as an apprentice and pay me at the same time. That was almost three years ago. It wasn't entirely legal for me to be working on hair without a license, but she taught me well, and it was the only way I could do beauty school and pay rent at the same time. When I finally got my cosmetology license six months ago, I hoped it would increase my income. Unfortunately, Ming had a falling out with her business partner, and Nancy took all the good clients with her, leaving very few for Ming. Or me. My five-minute alarm sounds on my phone as I sprint down Oak Grove Avenue and reach for the back door of the salon. Gripping the handle and yanking with all my weight, I almost tear my arm off when it doesn't budge. It's locked. In three years, this door has never been locked during business hours. It's possible Ming decided to come in late, but it's very unusual. Still, my optimistic side assumes she just accidentally locked the door behind her as I jog around to the front of the building. The handwritten sign taped to the inside of the glass door makes my stomach drop. I actually count out the months to make sure it's not April 1st or some six-month anniversary of April Fool's Day. Nope, August 9th isn't a special prank day that I'm aware of. I stand there on the street like an idiot for a good ten minutes before the shock wears off. When I shield my hands around my face and peer inside the glass door, the scene confirms the words written in Sharpie that will change my life. Fabulous hair is out of business. I'm almost worried that something may have happened to Ming, and this is really an incident of foul play. But all the things she cared about are gone. All that remains are the fake plants and worn furniture that Nancy didn't want either. Ming had all day Saturday to mention something while we sat around waiting for clients to walk in. But she didn't even hint that she was shutting down. The sting in my eyes and lump in my throat is more from the betrayal I feel over her abandonment than from the loss of my job. Although that harsh reality quickly sets in when I mentally add up all my worldly assets. I've got about $47 in checking, almost $2,000 in my savings, and a cosmetology license, which is probably still taped to the mirror at my station. Fuck. Trudging to the back of the building, I climb the staircase that leads to the building owner's office. Carl is usually around during business hours. After knocking once, I open the door and peek in. Carl, are you in here? The cramped room is dusty and my nose immediately begins to itch. I'm here. Come in. Hi, Carl. Remember me? Amy from Ming Salon downstairs? He looks at me and grunts. Yeah, I remember you. I also remember having a renter for that salon until about 24 hours ago. Do you know what happened? Why Ming closed up? 
Business had been bad for a while, but Ming never let on it was to the point of needing to lock the doors. Said she couldn't afford to stay. Something about moving to Phoenix. I had no idea. I can feel my eyes watering again, but I hold back the tears and look to the older man with as much control in my voice as I can manage. Is it possible for you to let me in so I can grab my things? I didn't get a chance to clean up my station.